This is Sean Mandoli, and you're listening to the Hopeland Church Podcast. I hope you encounter God and walk in new levels of freedom as a result of listening to this message. Enjoy. What's up, everybody? We hope you enjoyed worship today, and we're about ready to get into the Word of God. And guess what? Those that are watching, you know this by the visual representation of this, <laughs> but my wife is with me today. What? Yay! <laughs> We're excited to speak together today. Uh, we got to study and pray a bit today about this. And so here we go. Um, my wife's going to just open us up in prayer and then we'll jump into the word. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you, Lord, for this community. I just pray, Lord, that as we continue to speak on this topic that we believe you've given us for our church community, I pray, Lord, that our words would be bathed in grace. I pray, Lord, that your spirit would move through us and speak through us so that people's lives are changed and transformed by your word. So, Lord, we just give you room right now. We ask you to do what only you can do in people's lives today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. And so we're just going to give you kind of like the main idea today, like kind of what we're going to talk about, and then we're going to jump to the Word. So what is it? So what is this, babe? Is this part three? Yeah. This is part, part three. He's part, such a preacher. Part three of... <laughs> like, so we're going to do this, 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 and this, and then we're going to do this and this. He's such a preacher. Go ahead, babe. Go on. All Go on. right. Preach, preach, preach. So as I was preaching, <laughs> as I was preaching... Um, uh, part three. So what we're going to talk about today is, and so those of you that you're new to, to, the, to this month, our series, or even new to this church today, we're in the middle of a series called Triggers, Allowing Truth to Transform You. Okay. So today we're going to talk about like once we're triggered, once we react or we notice something in us that is not pleasing to God. Okay. And we have had those moments. Maybe some of us are having those moments right now, or we and we will have those moments we will. because we are not perfect. And so, once we're triggered, kind of like now what? Yeah. Okay. Like what? What happens? And so, um, I'm going to read this question from our notes to kind of provide the context for today. Is after we're triggered, mm -hmm. what does God desire for us, or even of us? Mm -hmm. And how do we respond favorably to him? Mm -hmm. Because this will happen. So it's kind of like, how do we respond? What And also like, what is God doing? Yeah. So here we go. You ready? Yes. Okay. All right. And I will say this, if I can. Please. Um, we're going to talk about some of those triggers that um, lead you to um, toward God. But then there are also those triggers that... Um, give you good reminders of things. And I think the general nature of what we're going to talk mm. about today is that triggers lead to some sort of action, mm. some sort of um, response. So even if it's like a song, like we, we, when we first met, um, Alicia Keys had just come out with her album. Um, no one, no one. And he had it playing in his car. So every time <laughs> we hear that any song from that album, um, it takes us back mm -hmm. to when we first met and that triggers a response, whether it's an, I love you, babes. I'm so glad that I met you or let's plan our next date night or it just triggers us to respond in a way that um, 
that uh, works for that moment. Mm -hmm. And I think we need to remember that triggers will will ultimately um, um, move us into some sort of response, defense mechanism or positive response to the trigger. So we're talking here about things that God is working on in your life, those triggers that illuminate things um, in your life. So I just wanted to kind of share that too, because their triggers, triggers should activate something in us and whether it's favorable or not, it should be an activation of something and we should respond accordingly. So anyway, I say all of that, we're going to jump in to our first verse here, which is in Psalm 38, verse 17 through 18. Psalm 38, 17 through 18. You should see it on the screen. You'll, you'll see it on the screen, but my wife's going to read verse 18 because I failed to put verse 17 in there. Oh, well, you guys but, can read verse yeah, yeah. 17. <laughs> we'll it'll, read. It'll be in the notes 18. for the service, but they're not in my actual notes. <laughs> All right. <laughs> for I will declare my iniquity. I will be in anguish over my sin. All right. So um, let's read that verse one more time. It's Psalm 38, 17 through 18, but we don't have verse 17 on our screen, but you guys can look up from verse 17. So we're going to read from verse 18. For I will declare my iniquity. I will be in anguish over my sin. And declare, um, I will declare my iniquity or my sin. Depending on the version you have, it really means sin. It's a certain type of sin. It's one of those things that iniquity is one of those things that we deal with. Some people put iniquity in the category of like addiction Mm -hmm. or some type of behavior. Mm -hmm. It's a behavior. It's, It's like the Bible says we were shaped in iniquity. So it's like, in a sense, we can't help but sin at times because we are human and yeah, we, we, we are bent in that direction. So it means iniquity is like to be bent in a specific direction. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily the act of a specific sin. It's the very nature of sin, okay? Mm-hmm. So he's saying, man, I'm declaring this. This is my struggle, right? And so that word declare means to explain or confess, to expose, to be conspicuous, to denounce, to stand boldly against, or do really means the Hebrew definition is stand out um, opposite of. And so when we're triggered, there it is. The lights get turned on as we talked about last week. And we are now, here I am. I did wrong. I've said wrong. I've thought wrong. It is a sin. I've been triggered. Yeah. And But here the psalmist is like, I declare it. I, I'm, a, I'm not going to hide it. I'm not going to try to act like it's not there. And so here... As we transition from last week, we're kind of literally connecting from last week's sermon. And so when we're triggered, what now? And we got to be honest. We must declare it. Be conspicuous about it before the Lord. And it's about, this is where we kind of talk about deliverance. So so it's such a, a wide ranging word, but in our faith, we're delivered from things. So you renounce sin and declare Jesus. You renounce those things. You denounce those things. You basically say, you have no more access to my life. You are not allowed here anymore. That's what it is. And you're allowing God to then do his will, 
work his purpose, his will in our, in your life. So it's, it's a declaration of this thing has no more power over me. Mm-hmm. And it's a, this is in a spiritual context. We're not just talking about positive words and positive speaking. Mm-hmm. This is a spiritual act that takes place, especially when you come into the understanding of who Jesus is, what he did on the cross, denouncing sin sets you free. Denouncing sin and acknowledging him as Christ, as Lord and, and Savior, it um, removes that the access of that thing, that, that iniquity, that sin over your life anymore. Yep. And it says that I'm in anguish over it. So we're talking about after that moment, yeah. like what must happen? Um, we got to be honest. And so that's what declare means. Really be honest. And in being mm-hmm. honest, as my wife has said, and confessing, exposing, denouncing, we are in effect separating ourselves mm. from it. Mm. So mm. when we hide our sin, we yeah. are endearing ourselves to it. Mm. When we denounce it and expose it, we are separating ourselves from it. By definition, mm. to declare or to be open about or conspicuous about our struggle, in it, the very act is actually separating myself from it. It's where deliverance happens, right? Confess your sins so you can be healed. What does that say? As I confess, I'm denouncing, I'm separating myself. There's freedom, all that good stuff. And so it says also here, we must be in anguish over it. So, so here that word anguish in the Hebrew, it means to be careful, to be, to be sorry. Uh, Many versions actually say, I was sorry for my sin. And here Mm -hmm. it says anguish. It means to be sorrowful or to take thought. Um, and so when we are triggered, <laughs> we must, because of God's spirit within us, feel bad. You should. Right. Like, you should feel the guilt should. of your right. sin. We don't live in the guilt. No. We but we must there. feel it. Yes. You have we to don't. Feel it. We don't camp out there. No. But we must walk through Because there. there's no condemnation. There's no condemnation. those who are in Christ right. Jesus. So the, the, the revealing or the, the lights being turned on on the things that were hidden, the things that you struggle with. We're got, when you're walking with the Lord, it's always redemptive, right? So, yes, yep. so um, it's okay to feel bad. <laughs> it's okay to be sorry for the mistakes you've made, the things you've mm-hmm. It is okay to feel that, feel the pain of it. It's just like as a kid when our parents used to discipline us. And mm-hmm. I'm talking about, I'm talking about, um, for a specific action, you did something wrong. Your parents, there has to be a coinciding punishment for it. Mm-hmm. You feel, hopefully, you felt badly as a kid. And it requires a response. Like, you feel badly. Like, when we punish our kids or they've done something wrong and we challenge them on it, we say, you did this. What do you, what was, what is it you want us to do with that? Because, and then they start to talk and they're like, I'm sorry. They start to cry. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do it. I'm so sorry. I won't do it again. But that is okay. We're like, thank you for the apology. Mm-hmm. Not, we're not washing it away saying, oh, it's okay. No, 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 no. You should feel badly mm-hmm. for what you did. But mom and dad, I forgive you. And we believe that the next time you're going to make a better choice. So it's important that we don't gloss over that feeling of sorrow, that, that feeling like, man, I messed up here. Mm-hmm. Don't just gloss over it, but also don't live in there. Mm-hmm. Don't stay there. Don't keep shame. Oh, I should have done this. I could have done this. Oh, why didn't I do this? Something don't stay there. Like five years ago. Exactly. Do not stay there. 
don't see that we're going to talk about this process, but we want to clarify so um, clearly, clarify clearly um, that while you feel the sting of wrongdoing, God's heart is not that you stay there, mm -hmm. is that you come out of it. And we're going to yeah. talk about that process. Yeah. And so our first point, I'm going to share a couple of scriptures here quickly, but we'll go to the first part here because my wife really provided a good segue there is that uh, sorrow is necessary in, your walk with, in our walk with God, in our journey with God, because we um, do wrong and it is necessary that we are sorry for it. Okay. And so I'm going to... Um, There's a fly. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, we we're trying to yeah. get it together yeah. today, everybody. Go yeah. ahead, babes. Go Thank ahead. you. You all right? Yeah. Okay. 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 <laughs> Do you see me going like this? It's because there's a fly. Like we can't seem to catch this right. fly. Okay. So go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. So here we go. So once again, um, sorrow is necessary. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm going to share a couple quick verses. I'm not going to read them all in detail, but just to provide a context here in the New Testament for this. Okay. Because mm -hmm. we just read an Old Testament scripture. So in First uh, Timothy uh, 4 verses 1 and 2, kind of talks about how the Spirit of God is going to speak expressly in the last latter times and all that. But it talks about a certain people that they'll be speaking lies in hypocrisy. Mm. In the language used here in, in verse uh, 2 of First Timothy 4, it says, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron, meaning they don't feel conviction. They don't feel they don't bad. that sorrow. And so we must feel bad because if we don't, when we do something wrong, that is a problem. Okay, here's another verse. In Ephesians 4, verses 18 to 20, I won't read it all because I really want to get into the meat of the message today, but you can look this up, Ephesians 4, 18 to 19. And in verse 19, it's really talking about people's understanding. I'll give you, I'll paraphrase. Their understanding is darkened. They're alienated from God because of the ignorance that is within them, the blindness that is on their heart. And it says here in verse 19 that they have become past feeling. They do not feel guilty for wrongdoing. Now, we, like my wife said, we don't live there, but it is requisite that we experience it on our journey with God. Yeah. Why? Because when we do wrong, there must come confession. There yeah. must come reconciliation. There must come humility, right? So like even in a marriage, think about this, however long you've been married, how many times have you had to apologize to your spouse, <laughs> right? Look at it. It's part of the relationship. It's, it's right. healthy, normal, yes. healthy relationships. Yeah. So once again, <laughs> sorrow is necessary. It's necessary. And if you don't feel, we just read scriptures about not feeling sorrow, not being repentant. Um, just keep in mind that if you do not feel sorrowful, you say you're a believer, a follower of Christ, child of God, and you do not feel sorrowful when you sin or do wrong, that is a cause for concern. Mm -hmm. Because if with the Spirit of God in you, the Holy Spirit convicts you. And without that conviction, we cannot draw closer to God. It create, Like you said, it creates a separation. And we would strongly urge you to consider your walk with the Lord if you do not feel a sense of conviction. It's really important. Okay, here we go. Let's start with that verse, babes. Go ahead. <laughs> so, 
my wife is encouraging me to start with the first song then. So. Go ahead. Start with that verse, babe. Start with the verse. Go on. <laughs> okay, here we go. So, 2 Corinthians chapter 7, uh, verses 9 to 10. Here we go. What did, what's our is. first point, everybody? Sorrow is necessary. Okay, let's check this out. Here we go. Uh, verse 9. Now I rejoice, not that you were made sorry, all right, but that your sorrow led to repentance. Sorrow is necessary. Here we go. Uh, for you were made sorry in a godly manner. So there is a godly sorrow. Yeah. This is not... This is not a condemning sorrow. This isn't a living in guilt sorrow. This isn't an indefinite, uh, continuous, forever, sorry state. Mm -hmm. No, but there is a godly sorrow. So here we go. Mm -hmm. um, for you were made sorry in a godly manner. I'll finish the whole verse. That you might suffer loss from us in nothing. Verse 10. This is the, this is the crux of the message mm -hmm. today. Verse 10. For godly sorrow produces repentance, leading to salvation, not to be regretted. But the sorrow of the world produces death. We already kind of said this, but godly sorrow is good and requisite to spiritual growth and intimacy with God. If we don't feel the pain, there is a problem. There is a problem. It leads to repentance. Like godly sorrow should drive you to repent mm -hmm. because it, we talked about this um, last month. We talked about God's character. He's a loving God. He loves you. He cares about you. So when you feel that prick of man, I shouldn't have done that. God says, come to me, come to me, come talk to me because it leads to salvation. That's what it does. Freedom, salvation, freedom from that thing. God is like, come to me. Let me heal you. <laughs> Let me restore you. Go ahead, babes. All right. So Acts 2, 37 into 38. This is after the day of Pentecost. Holy Spirit comes. Peter preaches this message. And this is after his message. Now, when they heard this. One of my what, favorite verses. What did they hear? The word. This is the word. That they heard. heard the word of God, the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. They were cut to the heart. Um, I believe King James uses the word pricked. Pricked, cut to the heart, and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what should we do? Um, verse 38, then Peter said to them, repent. <laughs> Sorrow, cut. Repent. Cut. Repent. Cut, pricked. What do we do? Uh, repent. Repent. That's, so I've triggered, I've been triggered. What now? Repent. <laughs> Right? Take I, it to God. I, I said the wrong thing because of what somebody else did, or I did the wrong thing, thought the wrong thing, what, whatever. What do I do now? Repent. Turn to God. Turn. Turn to him. So then Peter said to them, repent, and let every one of you be baptized in the name of uh, Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This word pricked in the, in the Greek, kataniso. Okay? It means to be pierced all the way down. So it's two words. It means piercing down, meaning... It's not just a little scratch, mm -mm. right? So this is what God wants. He wants to do this interior work. work. He wants to go <laughs> deep in there. He desires, as the uh, book of Psalm uh, 51, after David sinned, slept with Bathsheba, had her husband killed. In his psalm, he wrote, 
Lord, you desire truth on the inward parts. Mm. And so this word is like, a, it's like pierced down yeah. or pierced deep. Yeah. Okay. God is a surgeon. He is a doctor and he doesn't just do surface With stuff. With the most steady hands right. possible. Yes. He's a right. surgeon. Yeah. And he is, <laughs> his word is sharp. It's not jagged. It's not rusted. It's not, it doesn't have disease and no. impurity on it. The saying is pure. The word of God is pure. The Bible says converting the soul. Mm -hmm. The entrance of his word brings light. Here it is. That happened when he preached. Yeah. This is through the preached word. They were pricked. And this word cut deeply. It means to emotionally pierce through. So it touches our being, okay? So God, it will, um, and psychologically prick. Like he gets in the, the psyche, mind. the mind, He's the soul, emotionally stunned. Like, you know that one emoji where the eyes are like, you know what I mean? Like at times the word of God in a moment, it does that. It should be. Why? Because it's deep. Why? Because it touches where it really matters where it's really needed. Listen, Jesus is the light of the world. He came to this world. He came in the flesh. So when you're pricked, it's as a result. If you're pricked, it's as a result of hearing the preached word of God. Who is Jesus? The living word revealed to you in that moment. You recognize how much you need Jesus. Mm. That is what it does. It literally removes all of our layers, the things we put on for people, and it exposes us to the truth. I need Jesus, the living word, the living word, the light of this world. It's light. Light dispels darkness. You cannot be, help but become free <laughs> when you're open and vulnerable in the presence of God. So good. 2 Corinthians 7, 11. Let's keep going. Verse 11 now. Okay, this is, the, this is why sorrow is necessary. Okay, yeah. here it is. Yeah, and we'll jump back up there. Uh, but 2 Corinthians 7 verse 11, for observe this very thing, that you sorrow in a godly manner. Hmm. Uh, you know, say this with me, everybody. Say, Lord, help me. Lord, help me. To sorrow. To sorrow. In a godly manner. In a godly manner. What diligence it produced in you. Hmm. What clearing of yourselves. What indignation. What fear. Okay, we're what speaking of reverence, yeah. really, the fear that is reverence, not the fear of intimidation, but it's the a reverence. godly fruit, mm -hmm. the fear of the Lord, okay? Mm -hmm. So what fear, what vehement desire, what zeal, what vindication? In all things, you proved yourselves to be clear in this matter. Our next point is this, not only is sorrow necessary, um, necessary but it is. Redemptive. In God, all things can be redeemed. There is nothing beyond the touch of God. There's nothing so bad that God cannot touch, restore, redeem, heal, bring restoration to. There is nothing that cannot be reached by God's love, his power, and his redemptive nature. It's who he is. When we come willing, God says, here I am. Let me heal you. I, it's just such a beautiful, it's a beautiful thing because we're taught to hide. We're taught to hide. But God is saying, come, come to me just as you are so I can bring the healing you need. Not all these people, not all these things, not all these ways of doing things. I am the only one 
that can bring you fullness and wholeness, that the fullness and wholeness that you desire. So good. That word here, what diligent chip produced. Say that with me, everybody say produce. Produce. So it means to work out. So so this is this is when God cuts deep. Mm. He's accurate. Yeah. He's precise. Yeah. And he is a surgeon. He wants to cut out the cancer. I think it's important that we say he's a surgeon with steady hands. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because he's not making any mistakes. No, he's he not doesn't. gonna slip up and cut an artery in there while right. he's dealing with some heart issues. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he Good. is so precise in his care of you. Mm -hmm. And because he created you, he knows exactly yeah. how to do it. What he's working mm -hmm. out in yeah. you. Yeah, there's no mistakes when you allow yourself. When you put yourself in the hand of God, mm. He's like, "Let me work it out with you and for you." Yeah. So that word "produced." This is what sorrow produces: godly sorrow. It, this word "produced" means to work out, mm -hmm. to work fully, mm -hmm. to bring about, to accomplish, to finish, to fashion, fashion to perform. Yeah. Okay. And so it says this. You prove yourself, you proved yourselves to be clear in this matter. Now we're gonna get into something like just what this really produces in us. The beauty of uh godly sorrow. Yeah. The beauty of feeling sorry for our sin, the beauty of wanting to do it right. And and this word clear, it literally comes from the root word holy or hagios. This word clear is hagnos, it's an mm. adjective. Okay, and so in, in the clearing of ourselves, it really means to prepare us for worship. Okay, so when God, when we allow God to do the deep work, guess what? It brings us, it brings us into deeper realms of worship oh, and intimacy. Always, it, it, it does. And so even uh, Paul told the Philippian church, you know, that he said, "We are the true circumcision." What is circumcision? Cutting away of flesh. Mm -hmm. We are the true circumcision who worship. Yeah. So the cutting the the surgical work of the word of god the holy spirit within us prepares us for deeper levels and realms of intimacy and worship to god it's a beautiful thing isn't it all right so we're talking about the beauty of, of this redemptive process which leads us to our next point which is holiness is beautiful this is actually my favorite point of the whole thing today <laughs> holiness is beautiful uh, we're going to read Isaiah 61, verse 3. If you turn in your Bibles, look it up on your phone, whatever device you're using, um, Isaiah 61, verse 3, says to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. And... I just love this because it speaks to God's transformative work in us mm -hmm. being a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. Doesn't mean it's easy. It's a beautiful thing though. So when we're triggered and when we, in our truest form, in our most vulnerable moment, take it to God, we cannot help but experience freedom, healing, restoration, and it brings us into a place of holiness. Why? Because God is holy. God is holy. So when you go to him in the middle of all of the things that happened, 
it's like, okay, God, this is who I am. You're seeing, I was triggered. This is how I responded. This is who I am. Here is the, the raw CG. And God's like, that's all right. I know exactly who you are and what you're like. Yeah. So come, come, let me sanctify you. <laughs> because we can't help but be transformed when we enter into the presence of God. Because he is holy. Yep. Holy is not just a, a word to describe God. It's who he is. So when you come into that with your stuff, you have to be transformed because it's like I'm in this place with who he is. So I become more like him. So listen, let's turn to 1 Peter 1, 13 through 16. I'm going to read it quickly. But 1 Peter 1, 13 through 16 says this, therefore gird up the loins of your mind, be sober and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. He's revealed to us. When we get saved, he's, our eyes are open to, to know who Jesus is. As obedient children, not conforming yourselves to the former lusts as in your ignorance. You're no longer ignorant. You're a child of God, so you know what truth is. You have an understanding of who Jesus is, what he did, and who you are as a result of his sacrifice. But as he who called you is holy, God is holy, you also be holy in all of your conduct because it is written, be holy for I am holy. Listen, holiness is not about what so much. I'm going to say this and take it with the heart with which I'm saying it, but it's not so much an external thing. It's not so much the way you look. The, the things you do, um, oh, I'm, I'm holy because I go to church every Sunday. Or I'm holy because I cover myself up and yeah. I don't show any skin. Because <laughs> you, don't, you, don't, you don't wear pants. Yes. Like, or women don't wear pants. And, or makeup or yeah, jewelry or any yeah. of those things. Or men don't wear hats while they're praying. Listen, those things do not make you holy. Listen, God is holy. And I mm. feel like sometimes there's been this deception that Holiness is as a result of what you see yeah, in people on the outside. And really, holiness is an internal work of the Lord in mm -hmm. your life. Mm -hmm. Because of his work in you, you want to be more like him. So it affects everything in your life. You cannot help but be holy in how you dress. Because you're in the, you want to be like him. So as he's talking, you're dressing, you're putting on your clothes. God's like, oh, I don't know about that. Okay, Lord, I won't do it. Yeah, Like maybe it's revealing too maybe much. Maybe it's showing too much. And I'm talking to ladies. I'm a lady, yeah. so I can talk to the ladies. Or maybe it's not. Maybe that's not something that God's spoken to you about. And maybe it's not something that you have the conviction of the Holy Spirit about. But if he does talk to you about something, don't just cast it off and say, uh, it's not that bad. As believers, it's not about pushing the limits and the lines of what we can do to stay holy. It is being who you are and allowing God's holiness to transform you. So it's an internal work. It's not so much about the exterior, though those things are important because people watch us. They see the work of God in our lives, and that is the fruit of an internal work in us. I'm not going to jump ahead. I'm kind of jumping ahead on our it's next point. But um, the light of God and the holiness of God exposes the unholy things in us. Mm. That's why transparency, um, vulnerability, um, 
um, being exactly who you are without all the trappings, without all of the, the layers is so important because when you come into his presence completely exposed, God sees you and in his holiness, he's like, let me dress you in holiness from top to bottom in your mind, your body and your spirit. It's not about these external things that we have made it about. The church has made it about. Society has made it about. We don't get to judge people based on levels of holiness. Oh, you're not holy because of this. You're not holy because of this. I'm not here to judge you. I'm here to challenge you to step into the presence of God and to listen to his voice. And you then, make the decisions according to his working in you. Mm -hmm. This is a Holy Spirit deep work happening. Mm -hmm. We are here just to facilitate the work. We're not here to point at you and say this, 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 this. We're here to say, what's the Lord God speaking to you? Mm -hmm. When you're in the presence of God, what is he convicting you about? Mm -hmm. What is he speaking to you about? The question is, do you really want to be holy? Mm -hmm. There's a beauty that comes out of it. When you come out smelling like, thinking like, living like God, it changes everything. It changes everything. Or do you want, listen, here are the questions. Do you want to be holy? Do you want, or do you want to live a Christian life that's just nominal? Do you want to be a casual Christian where you call yourself a Christian, but you're not allowing the Holy Spirit to transform you at all? Remember, holiness is a beautiful thing. It's not a thing to be feared. It's not a thing to resist. It's not a thing to, to kind of juggle like, oh, I can, I can work on this here. But, but on the other hand, you're, you're, you're living your life like this on this end. It's allowing the Holy Spirit to have a holistic approach to cleansing you from the inside out, making you more holy, making you like Jesus. Be holy for he is holy. We cannot be helped but be holy. Because when we're in the presence of God, it changes everything. Mm -hmm. Do you want to experience his power in its fullest essence? Do you want that? Then it requires something of you. It requires you to listen to his voice and to let that transformation come from the inside out. From the inside out. I really sense the Holy Spirit on this, this portion because I think... We've rejected elements of holiness because we think it's tied to a checklist of being a good Christian. And it's not about that. It's something the Lord wants to do in you. It's something that he works in you, that when you're in his presence, you cannot help but say, God, I want to be more like you. I want you to transform me to be more like you. Make me holy. Let me be an expression of your goodness, your grace, and your mercy. Don't reject it because some people have misinterpreted it. God is holy. Allow him, allow his holiness to transform you. All right, guys, I'm going to let my husband close this out. I talked for that whole point. <laughs> But I really do love um, talking of God's goodness, his holiness. I want to be more like him. And it's really coming from a place of a, 
of a pastor, um, a spiritual parent, just when you experience the holiness of God, it does beautiful things right. in your life. And people see the beauty of God's work in your life. So allowing him to do that positions you for even more in his presence. And that's our heart, that you experience God, his holiness, so it transforms you. Yeah, and so this leads us to our last point here. Last point. And it's uh, learn to live a healthy interior life. Yeah. Because, you know, if we're honest, like much of society, everything's external, everything's outward. And, and, and it's not that we must, we avoid that or at, at all. No. It's just we would never want to focus on the exterior things that can have a picture of holiness at the neglect of an of a true inward work exactly. because it's the heart it really that is. God is after. It is the heart. And so here we go. Let's, let's read this verse here back in Peter again here, but first Peter three, verse three to four, it says, do not let your adornments be merely outward, mm -hmm. uh, arranging the hair, wearing gold or putting on fine apparel. And obviously in context, it's speaking of things that are very contextual to their culture. Yes. But the point is and he outward. Says merely. Yeah. Keyword merely. Yeah, like he's saying, don't the, let it just yeah. be this. So yeah. please, that is arrange the your point. hair, yes. wear your gold, yeah. put on your nice clothes. Of course. But it should never be, at the be all about that. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and true holiness is that of the heart. Yeah. And so, and hence triggers. Triggers are things that are internal. We, we're reacting outwardly, but something's going on inside. Right. And God is saying, let me deal with that. Yeah. Let me have that. Surrender that. Yeah. Confess that. All that good stuff. Okay. Then it says, but rather let it be the hidden person of the heart. And so this is the whole um, like core and heart of this series this yeah. month is that we learn to live a healthy interior life that we allow the work of God to happen. We don't neglect it, push it away. Um, and, you know, and, and sometimes I, I don't believe Christians intentionally are like, I just don't want God to deal with me. <laughs> I just, I really believe with all my heart at times it's because it is difficult at times. It is. It is very it is. Um, revealing. It doesn't yes. feel good in yeah. the moment, yeah. but it produces fruit. And so rather let it be the hidden person of the heart with the incorruptible beauty, there's the operative word there, of a gentle and quiet spirit which is very precious in the sight of God. So, um, and speaking of this Holy Spirit and, and, and working mm -hmm. us and stuff, and so many times I think, and uh, we put this in our notes, is many times we want direction from God, but we neglect likeness of Christ. And so many times in our prayer time, we're asking for direction and God's wanting to transform us internally. There's nothing wrong with asking for direction. No. There's, there, that's part of that's our part prayer. Of that's part of our prayer. Yeah. But let the, even the, the desire to get direction from God, let it never absolutely take the place of knowing becoming him. more like yeah. him, knowing him intimately yeah. and allowing his work within us. No, it's good. It's kind of like plants. We I call him my plant daddy um, because we have plants at home and we take care of our plants, our little babies. Um, but a lot of times if you see like your plant... Um, the leaves are not healthy or there's something happening with them and you're like, what's going on? A lot of times it's not on the surface. It's in the soil. Mm -hmm. You got to get to the root of what is happening mm -hmm. so then you can have healthier plants. It's the same thing <laughs> for humans. 
we got to, it's not an external thing. The plant might look all right. There might be a few rough edges on it, but it might look all right. But underneath mm -hmm. what is happening? Mm -hmm. yeah. And sometimes you have to uproot the plant, replace the soil for the plant to thrive again. And yes, this, we're not talking about, we're not trying to take away from the difficulty and the challenges sometimes of walking through things because it can be difficult. Mm -hmm. Revisiting things that cause triggers can be emotionally taxing, mentally taxing. The beauty of this is that when you, when it's, um, as a result of God's work in your life, there's always fruit to reflect the work. There's always the beautiful fruit that comes out of God working in your life. It's not destructive. It's not meant to destroy you. It's not meant to, to tear you to shreds and to just leave you there. That is not the God we serve. Mm -hmm. It's there to help you become more like him. Mm -hmm. And it's not just about what we get from him. It's about knowing him. The goal is knowing him. That's right. Because when you know him, you become more like him. It's a, it, The whole process is beautiful. That's right. It's a, holiness is beautiful. Hashtag holiness is beautiful. <laughs> and it's talking about the inward work of Christ in us. All right. Let me pray for you guys. Yeah. Father, we just thank you, Lord, for this yes, word. Lord. We pray that it's planted on good soil. We pray mm -hmm. that it produces fruit that remains. Yes, God. And we pray that we all that, that are in earshot of this word mm. will respond favorably yes. to you, God. We would say yes and amen, amen. Mm -hmm. to whatever you are doing in us because we know that your plan is always good. good. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. amen. Loved being here with you guys today. Until next time, have an awesome week. We love you. I hope you enjoyed the message. And my prayer is that you will change your world as a result. If you're ever in the LA area, join us for one of our weekend gatherings. And don't forget to follow us on social media. Peace.